Thank you, thank you. Good morning. Feel free to take a seat when you are ready. Good day to be in church, yeah? Yeah, yeah great day to be in church. And I got my friends up here again with me this week because I just look so much better when they're up here with me. So I'm like, guys, come and be on stage with me this week. <laughs> so before we jump into this morning and make no mistake, we're jumping in. I don't have a pretty intro prepared for you. God's word's going to do what God's word can only do this morning, and that is come and bring his presence, and that is come and bring truth in our lives. And I just can't wait to get into it with you. But just before we do, I know that we've been slowly just wandering into his presence this morning, you know, through communion and through even watching that video just then. But right now, let's just make sure we're looking at the one we've come to meet with this morning. Can I just encourage you and invite you, just would you close your eyes with me for a moment? And as we close our eyes this morning, can I ask you just to picture Jesus? Where is he for you this morning? Is, is he a long way off in the distance and you can see him somewhere there? Or is he right beside you or in front of you or behind you? Where is he? Because what I'd love for you to do this morning is just move towards him. Wherever you see him, move as close as you can to Jesus this morning. And when you are close to him, would you look up into his eyes this morning? Just look up into his eyes. And would you say this after me? Jesus, I'm so glad I'm here with you today. Speak to me. I'm listening for your voice. I love you. You are all I need. And when you're able, just open your eyes again, but stay in that moment of he is all we need. And that is becoming more and more apparent to me each day. Jesus is all I need. Now, to someone who hasn't really met Jesus yet, that'll sound like a stupid statement. But if there's ever been a time to use the hashtag IYKN, is that right? If you know, you know. Is that, am I getting my letters right? If there's ever a time to use that hashtag, it's now. If you know, you know. If you know Jesus, you know what I'm talking about when I say he is all. We're going to jump into the book of Romans today. Romans was a letter written by Paul, and he wrote it to the Roman church like in about 55 AD. So a long time ago. But let me tell you, I wonder if Paul knew the relevance that this letter would have to us today in the year 2000s. So long after he wrote it, it's so relevant to us. And, and I want to jump in and I don't want to waste any time with my words. I want God's word to absolutely just come and meet with us today. But what I do want to say is this. Paul wrote the letter to explain some really big ideas in the Christian faith to this church. The ideas of God's grace, what salvation is, what faith is, and what the gospel really is. Now, the gospel is the message which underpins our Christian faith. If you are a believer in Jesus today, if you are a follower of Jesus, the gospel is why you believe. If you don't understand what the gospel is, it's hard to know what Christianity is about. 
So what I want to do for you today is give you the quick one-minute version of what is the gospel, because I tried to do 15 seconds, but I'm Italian, I'm a woman, and I'm a preacher. It was never going to happen. I'm going to give you the one-minute version of the gospel because you need the context for what Paul is then going to talk to us about in Romans. So here it is. You ready? The one-minute gospel. So God created the world and then he made two people. He gave those people one command. He asked them not to break and they did. Because they broke that one command, sin entered a perfect world. It severed our relationship with God. We couldn't have peace with him anymore. And that cast a shadow of death and sin upon all of humanity for the rest of all time. Now that broke the heart of God because that was not his design for us. So God sent the answer and the answer was his son, Jesus. And when Jesus walked the earth, he declared himself to be the way, the truth and the life. He said people would be able to come back to the father through him. He predicted his death and resurrection. And then you know what he did? He did it. He died on a cross, three days later rose again. And because of that, he smashed the power of death and sin forever. And for him who believes, they get to live as part of a new kingdom anymore. Not under the power of sin, not under the power of death, but under the freedom of God. And an imperfect relationship with God again the way that it was intended. That is why you believe if you are a follower of Jesus today. Not because you like the church, not because you like the pretty songs, but because God loved me and you so much He literally moved heaven and earth to get us back. That's why we believe today. And even though we know that, or that might be the first time you heard that, but even though we know that, sometimes I think we get caught in parts of the story that are not the right parts of the story to get caught in. Now, just hold that thought as we go through this, and I'll highlight it for you as we read Romans. But why did I want to speak this message to you today? Because... I don't know about you, but for me, and maybe these guys up here can help me out for a second, but have you ever wondered, even though you know all this good stuff about God, have you ever wondered, how can God love me? Mm. Yeah. Yeah? Or what about, surely I've done too much bad to be saved, Mm. or I'm unsavable, or I'm unlovable. Or why did Jesus have to come anyway? Am I even worth it? Do, we ever, do you ask yourself any of those questions ever? And be honest because, you know, you can be a Christian for 50 years and still sometimes ask yourself those questions. And, and what I love about Paul and what I love about the book of Romans is that he addresses those questions for us by putting our eyes on the very reason Jesus came, which was because God loves us more than anything else in the entire world. So that's why we're going to be looking at Romans chapter 5 today. So if you have a Bible, feel free to pull it out and open it. But if it's not the passion, it's going to look a little different to mine. So our awesome media team is going to pop it up on the screens for you so you can follow along with us today. So Romans 5. Paul starts like this, our faith in Jesus transfers God's righteousness to us and he now declares us flawless in his eyes. This means we can now enjoy true and lasting peace with God 
all because of what our Lord Jesus, the anointed one, has done for us. He says again, our faith, repeat that with me, our faith, our faith guarantees us access into this marvelous kindness that has given us a perfect relationship with God. What incredible joy bursts forth within us as we keep on celebrating our hope of experiencing God's glory. So I've just given you the one minute gospel. I've told you why Jesus needed to come to earth. And then Paul tells us that Jesus coming and doing all that he has done means squat if you don't have faith. If you do not have faith in what he has done, you cannot have access into all that he offers and has promised. Your faith in what Jesus has done makes what Jesus has done real and active in your life. Your faith. Your faith gives you access into God declaring you flawless in his eyes. Now, my husband loves me a truckload, but, you know, spoiler alert, we're not millionaires. So my amazing diamond has a couple of little inclusions and flaws because, my goodness, a flawless diamond would break a few banks. I am so much more precious to God than my beautiful diamond. He declares me flawless. He declares you flawless, more than a precious diamond, flawless in the eyes of a perfect God. Your faith gives you access to that this morning. Our faith is so important because in Romans 10, Paul goes on to say that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, that he has died on a cross for you and rose again for you and you make him the very Lord of your life, you're saved. Your faith and activating your faith and doing something about what you believe in makes a difference. But, verse 3, but that's not all. God is a steak knives kind of God, can I tell you? But that is not all. Even in times of trouble, who's had a few of those? Yeah. We have joyful confidence knowing that our precious will develop in us patient endurance and patient endurance will refine our character and proven character leads us back to hope. And this hope, who do you think the hope is? Yeah, this hope does not, is not a disappointing fantasy because we can now experience the endless love of God cascading into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who lives in us. Now, those couple of verses are like a series in themselves, and I'm not going to land very hard here today except to say this. No matter what you go through in life, if you lean on Jesus, he will help you through it, and you will always land back in the place of hope when you lean on hope. Okay? You will always land back in the place of hope when you lean on hope. And when we walk with him, we become more like him. That's why it develops proven character and all those good things in us. And the love of God cascading into your heart. What a verse to read on Pentecost Sunday. The Holy Spirit is the evidence that all he did is true. It confirms to us that Jesus is who he says he is. It is the presence that we feel when he walks in the room and we engage with him. It's the Holy Spirit. 
Verse 6, for when the time was right, the anointed one, who is Jesus, came and died to demonstrate his love for sinners who were entirely helpless, weak and powerless to save themselves. Now, who of us would dare die for a wicked person? We can understand if someone was willing to die for a truly noble person, yeah? But Christ proved God's passionate love for us by dying in our place while we were still lost and ungodly. Now, did you just hear me call you a sinner? Yeah, I did. But, but, we have to remember the reason why Jesus had to come. If sin wasn't in the world and we weren't living under the power of sin and we hadn't all done something to separate us from God, he would have had no need to leave his place in glory and come to earth. Okay? Because we all fell short of God's glory. We couldn't earn our way back into the kingdom of God. God provided the way for us to do it. You see, Christ died not because he wanted to show us he was super fabulous and better than us. Christ died not because he didn't have anything better to do that day. He died because he was proving God's passionate love for us. His passionate love. And passion drives you to do some crazy things. But he was out of his mind in love with you. So he went to a cross to win you back. But it all means nothing if you do not have faith. You must have faith to have access into all that God promises. And what I love about this whole letter is that when we read it and we highlight these bits that Paul's talking to us about, we realise that if we believe, we're not sinners anymore. We're not. And this is what I meant when I said we get hung up in bits of the story. We can walk through our entire Christianity still going, I'm a sinner. You're not. If you have faith in Jesus, if you believe he is who he says he is, if you have the Holy Spirit flowing through you and cascading the love of God through your heart, you are not a sinner anymore. You know why? Because God is a steak knives kind of God. Because let me tell you why. He transfers the righteousness of Jesus to you the minute you say, I believe. The minute, not a second later. And there is still so much more to say of his unfailing love for us. Verse 9, those steak knives keep coming. For through the blood of Jesus, we have heard the powerful declaration. Say it with me. You are now righteous in my sight. And because of the sacrifice of Jesus, you will never experience the wrath of God. So if while we were still enemies, God fully reconciled us to himself through the death of his son, then something greater than friendship is ours. Now that we are at peace with God and because we share in his resurrection life, how much more will we be rescued from sin's dominion? And even more than that, as if that wasn't enough, even more than that, we overflow with the triumphant joy in our new relationship of living in harmony with God, all because of who? Jesus. All because of Jesus. I was a sinner. Anybody else lived in that camp at some point? Yes, you? You were a sinner. And can I just say, 
if you haven't started your Jesus journey yet, if you are not yet a follower of Jesus, no one who's on the other side of that word sinner is looking at you going, well, you're a sinner, aren't you? Because you know what? Here's the thing. We live in a world that sin reigns in. Pastor Matt's been talking about it the last couple of weeks. It's just the consequence of living in a sin, sinful world, a fallen world, okay? And having faith in Jesus doesn't give you a master chef, a master chef immunity badge that you're not going to do something wrong at some point. You're still going to fall off the wagon at some point. You know what? I still do stuff wrong. <gasps> no, Pastor Rose, you, you do stuff wrong? Yes, I do. I know, I know. It's really hard to believe. I know. I'm sorry. But you do too, right? Oh my gosh, that was a little underwhelming, but you do too, right? We all do stuff wrong because here's the thing. Jesus did his thing. I have faith in what he did. I'm now declared righteous in the sight of God. But now I have this massive gap between the day I say yes and the day I die and go to heaven. And that big gap in between is called working my salvation out. That's what it's called. So while God sees me as perfect, trust me, my husband and kids know I'm not. I'm working it out. I'm letting him develop in me patient endurance. I'm leaning into hope. I am getting rid of the habits I don't need to have. I am allowing the blood of Jesus to change my thought patterns where they're wrong. I am doing all the things that I know to do to connect with the one who loves me so I can walk in the true identity he has for me. Not sinner, not sinner righteous, flawless. That's my true identity. That's your true identity this morning. Not sinner, flawless, flawless. We're going to have a look at verse 12 really quickly. Paul then just makes sure we understand what we've been talking about. He jumps back into just giving you the backstory one more time in case you weren't convinced of all this. He says, when Adam sinned, Adam being the first man created, The entire world was affected. Sin entered human experience and death was the result. We talked about that shadow of death. It was as though the entire human race sinned when Adam did. And so death followed this sin, casting its shadow over all humanity because all have sinned. It's pretty much saying, hey guys, if Adam hadn't stuffed up, one of us would have at some point, right? It's pretty much saying that. Sin was in the world before Moses gave the written law, but it was not charged against them where no law existed. Yet death reigned as king from Adam to Moses, even though they hadn't broken a command the way Adam had. The first man, Adam, was a picture of the Messiah who was to come. So Paul is now writing up and he's he's giving us the, the, the reason again why Jesus had to come. Because of sin. Because there was a mistake which separated us from God, We needed a way back to God. And Adam was a picture of the Messiah to come. Why? Not because Jesus was going to come and sin as well. Because what Adam did affected us all. But what Jesus did affected us all. Just in a much better way. Yeah? That's what it means. So, verse 15. Paul then hits you with a little good news. There's no comparison between Adam's transgression and the gracious gift we experience. For the magnitude of the gift far outweighs the crime. 
It is true that many died because of one man's transgression, but how much greater will God's grace and his gracious gift of acceptance overflow to many because of what one man, Jesus the Messiah, did for us. And this free-flowing gift imparts to us much more than what was given to us through the one who sinned. For because of one transgression, we're all facing a death sentence verdict of guilty. But this gracious gift leaves us free from our many failures and brings us into the perfect righteousness of God, acquitted with the words, which words? Not guilty. Not guilty. guilty. See, we get stuck in the idea that we are sinners. We get stuck in the idea that God can't love us. We did stuff that was too bad. We get stuck in the idea that we're not worth it. Why did he come anyway? Or maybe it's all just too hard to live like this as a Christian. We get stuck in these ideas. It's so much simpler than what we make it. He loves you, end of story. You'll muck up, he'll still love you, end of story. As long as you keep coming back to the place of faith when we do muck up and go, Jesus, sorry, I'm still choosing you. Help me, cleanse me, help me be more like you. As long as you keep coming back to that place of faith, because Paul's just said, the magnitude of the gift far outweighs the crime. Would you hold that for me for a second? So if we think of sin and Jesus on par, how victorious do you think your Christian living is going to be? Yeah, good answer. Not very. Because if Jesus is just enough to cancel that out, it's not really that much better, is it? But see, this is what it's more like. See, the crime and the sin are down here and the sacrifice of Jesus and how much he passionately loves us is up here. But we get stuck down here because, you know what? We believe lies like you're not worth it. How can God love you? You're a sinner. You know what? That's the camp I was in. When I have faith, I now get to be in a new camp. The camp that says not guilty. The camp that says you are flawless in his eyes. The camp that says I passionately love you. And because of that, I transfer the righteousness of Christ to you when you accept Jesus in faith. When you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is God. Thank you. Not the same, yeah? I really wanted to have one of those scales, but I reckon I'm just as good, yeah? You get the picture? Not the same. Death once held us in its grip. And by the blunder of one man, death reigned as king over humanity. But now, it's a few more steak knives, but now, how much more? Are we held in the grip of grace and continue reigning as kings in life, enjoying our regal freedom through the perfect gift of righteousness in the one and only Jesus, the Messiah, the gift he gives us. Everything we're talking about this morning is the grace of God, the gift of God. We know we don't deserve it. He knows we don't deserve it either. But I do a lot of stuff for my kids that they don't deserve. Let's be honest. Let's be honest, yeah? 
It's because you passionately love them and you want more than anything to be with them and to see their hearts happy. Isn't that right? He passionately loves us. And so he gives us this gift of grace. But here's what you know I know about a gift, right? I have my phone. Thank you. Thanks. If I would like to gift this to someone and I pop it in a box, but I just leave it there and they never open it, what good is that gift? What good is that phone? Or what about if I do give it to them and they just pop the box on the shelf because they just thought it looked too pretty to open? What good is that gift? Here's what I know about a gift. I know that a gift needs to be given and then it needs to be received. Okay? Earlier this year, if you were at Identity Conference or if you've watched any of the messages from that, Pastor Joe Habermel made this statement. What I believe, I receive and then I become it. Okay? What I believe, I receive and then I become it. So if I have faith in the gift of God that he is giving me and I receive God's righteousness and I receive my salvation and I receive the love of God cascading into my heart by the Holy Spirit, if I receive those things, then I become who he says I am, flawless, righteous, not guilty. I become those things, but I have a part to play in all God offers. If I just passively sit back and go, not for me, for someone else, if I just passively sit back and think God's going to do it all for me, it's not going to happen because I love my kids, but I don't want to still be spoon feeding a 12-year-old. Do you? No. Imagine having to help a child, you know, like I don't even want to think about it. They've got to grow up. We've got to grow up. We've got to engage our faith, believe in the gift of God, receive the gift of God, and live out of the place of that. Live out of the place of that. Not out of the place that says, I'm dirty, I'm in rags, I'm a sinner. And, and if you feel like that today, let me tell you, there's enough redemption for that. There's enough blood of Jesus for that. There's enough grace of God for that because nothing is too far gone. If he can turn to a, a criminal on the cross next to him and say, you'll be with me in paradise today. If he can do that in the moment that he is experiencing the death for us, if he can do that, he can do that for anyone, anyone. So... Paul decides to sum it all up for us. In other words, just as condemnation came upon all people through one transgression, so through one act of righteousness, Jesus' sacrifice, the perfect righteousness that makes us right with God and leads us to victorious life is now available to all. No one is on the outer. No one. Everyone is invited. One man's disobedience opened the door for all humanity to become sinners. But so also one man's obedience opened the door for many to be made perfectly right with God and acceptable to him. So then the law was introduced into God's plan to bring the reality of human sinfulness out of hiding. If by the end of this you are still sitting here today going, oh, she's not talking about me. I've never done anything wrong. I'm not a sinner. How dare she? Sorry, you're lying. God says you are. <laughs> 
We've all failed. We've all done things. We all have. Let's be real, people. You probably did something on the way here, right? We've all done things. But, but, wherever sin increased, there was more than enough of God's grace to triumph all the more. All the more. All the more. How can you not get excited about this? I tell you, my bedroom walls know this chapter over and over because I've been getting excited all week. All the more. All the more his grace is there. Just as sin reigned through death, so this sin-conquering grace will reign as king through righteousness, imparting eternal life through Jesus our Lord and Messiah. You know, it's really that simple. When you see who Jesus is, when you understand what Jesus has done, when you get the revelation of God, however you want to term it, all he asks us to do is believe and receive the gift he offers. It's as simple as that today. And this is not just a, oh, she just just preached to people who don't know Jesus today. No, I didn't. I guess I spoke to people who, do, who may not have heard of, the, of Jesus before today. Sure, because there's nothing greater to tell anybody. When you know the truth, don't you want to share the truth with people? But I spoke today even to those of us who might have been walking with Jesus for five days, for five years, for 50 years. We still in our thinking can get caught in the place of thinking, this is who I am. When God says, no, this is who I see you as, and this is where I want you to be living. You need to live out of the place of being flawless. You need to live knowing that he sees you like that. Can I invite you to stand this morning? And we're about to worship Jesus together now. And just as I hand it over to Sam, And I hand it over to them. I just want to remind you of the very thing we started when we read Romans. Our faith guarantees us access into this marvellous kindness that has given us a perfect relationship with God. What incredible joy bursts forth within us. What incredible joy bursts forth within us as we keep on celebrating our hope of experiencing God's glory. That's our invitation to worship this morning. That's our invitation. Allow your heart to burst forth with joy. It's it's Holy Spirit Sunday. Anything can happen. He's in the room. Come on, this morning, let's let our heart burst forth with a little joy. Thanks, guys.